Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. With our guest tonight, Dan the Story Man, author of Sobriety, a graphic novel. Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jeff. You know, I'm doing pretty good, although I've had a little anxiety, and it's not because of this podcast, it's whether or not what color pastel that Chris is going to put over my face on his website. Yeah, a lot of people want to know. (laughs) You know, I, I ask uh, I ask people for some color options when it, before I do that. Yeah. Um, but I think you've you've been subjected to it once already, right? So I mean, yes, I have. Yeah, the yes. Same one. Well, at least at least my characters have, not me personally, but my characters have. Well, no, no, you have on on. Oh, that's right, the blue. Yeah, yeah, the blue. yeah, yeah. yeah so, I did see that. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll ask you again. You can even uh, register it. Uh, you, you know, put it on record right now, and and, and demand a color. <laughs> okay. okay, I think I'm I'm going for the pink man. You know the whole the whole Miami Vice thing. I, I think it's coming back. <laughs> no, it's good. I really like the look and feel of your site. Um, you got great uh, topics, and it's it's good to be here tonight. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to start with that because you just paid the paid us a great compliment. I'm going to keep that uh, in the episode. So uh, tonight we're with uh, Dan the Story Man. Uh, on Twitter, Daniel Maurer. Am I yep. saying that right? Maurer. Yep. Maurer. Um, and uh, this is coming from a guy who's had his last name butchered his whole life <laughs> by, by myself mostly. Um, but uh, and he, Dan, Dan's the author of Sobriety, a graphic novel, which is, my guess, the first only. I don't know, but it's certainly a phenomenal um, expression of uh, sobriety and recovery it's it's you know sort of unlike anything i've been exposed to thank you and um you know just incredibly powerful as as the medium is but uh you know just uh, this this piece of work is just phenomenal anyway uh, again i told you i told you in the pre-call dan i i, I botched the intros so i'm going to turn it over to you and let you um fill in I, any blanks or questions. well i don't i don't think you've watched anything so far i think it's kind of interesting i'd like to tell you the story how sobriety came to be let's yeah. do it yeah, I was at Hazelden. This was uh, four years ago, four four years ago and two months. And uh, I was a Lutheran minister living in western North Dakota. I wasn't happy being a pastor anymore. Uh, and uh, for to deal with my depression, I drank and I used drugs. And I generally only drank when I ran out of pills, I was kind of pillhead. Um, I had gotten access to those because of my ulcerative colitis. And um, I was actually exposed to it back in graduate school and seminary. And my wife uh, had taken me to the emergency room. Uh, this is way back, you know, uh, 15, no, more than that, 20 years ago. And uh, the doctor was there. I don't know if he made a mistake or thought that I needed that much pain control. He asked me, oh, how much pain do you have? And one to ten, it was, I don't know, five or six, seven. I was honest back then, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And <clears throat> so he wrote out a script for 30 Demerol, uh, three refills. And I maybe needed that that day because it was pretty severe. But there's, I mean, 
after I was stabilized. There's no reason why I needed that much, but um, I'm a curious guy, and uh, I just continued to take them at that point. And <clears throat> wow. Went through all three refills, even drank on them too, which is really dangerous, but, oh, yeah. and uh, really pushed the edge. But something clicked in my brain that said, we need this, this. is the place where you want to be. Wow. I need this. Yeah, exactly. And um, so what happened then, um, you know, I graduated and uh, I got a call. That's the, the first job that you get. It was in a small church north of Bismarck, North Dakota. And uh, my wife was with me. And in general, I was a goofy guy, but I was a pretty decent minister. I was a good mm-hmm. pastor. I loved and cared about my people. Um, I could uh, preach a pretty decent sermon, and we are, had a good community uh, there. Um, but secretly, in my own time, I had, uh, since I, I think I was so good at what I did, mm-hmm. often I just have a lot of free time. And, uh, or at least I would take free time <laughs> and, uh, I would drink and use drugs. And when, it, it, like I said, at that point, um, you know, I doctor shop quite a bit, but they, they figure out fairly quickly, this is what you're doing. And when I couldn't get whatever I wanted for opiates, um, I would drink and it, it, drinking's, I mean, it was obviously it's a different drug is what we're talking about there, right. but, and, but it's not something that I really liked all that much, but as I, became a harder user and at least um, uh, seeking out the pain pills that I wanted when I needed to get them. Uh, And then when they ran out, I would just supplement that with whatever drinking that I could because I needed to have something during the daytime that I'd have. And I'd do all sorts of things. I mean, I was very much a hidden user. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. I was not the type that goes out to a bar and says, you know, buddy, you really got to slow down. Yeah. I wanted to hide this. Yeah. And this is a completely separate identity of, of who I was. Yeah. And like, like I said, I didn't want to be a pastor anymore. Um, I figured that out, I think after about three, four years that, you know, I really don't want to be doing this. And, you know, um, I, I, I was very challenged uh, in my faith. Um, I think now that's, that's, that's sort of morphed. It's become a, a different thing. And it, it, it's nice uh, actually having putting one of the characters in the graphic novel mm-hmm. who is an atheist. I, I, that was really important <laughs> right. for me because yeah. there are people in the program yeah. and out of it also. I mean, just people that are sober in general that, that have that. So, sure. um, well, so let's just fast forward all the way to when I went to uh, Hazelden then, and that was, uh, four years ago, it was in a couple months, <clears throat> I had been arrested for felony trespass, uh, in a blackout. I'd taken benzos and alcohol. And by that point, uh, drinking, um, had become physically very, very difficult. Um, I, it was affecting my colitis. So yeah. it was bleeding out one end and yeah. I also had pancreatitis. So I was bleeding uh, out the other end. Oh, holy smokes. And, yeah. And there was nothing that I could do. And then of oh. course I go to the emergency room and they, they look at me and they're like, well, God, kid, what are you doing? Your yeah. body here. And, well, you know, are you in pain? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's a little, you know, emergency it's a room. 10. Yeah, that's right. It's a 10. And, uh, you know, they only give you so much that you need. And then to f- continue on, um, things got worse and worse. And, um, I, I do recall very in, in gray memories making the decision saying, you know, I'm just going to go out into the country and see what I could find. Uh, but the Williams County Sheriff's department, they caught wind of this. Then I got a DUI. Um, it's like Christmas of 2010. Uh, 
my family was really concerned about me. And I'd already been to two treatments before that. The first time was Mayo Clinic because I didn't want anyone else to know that I was an addict. Mm-hmm. I was really ashamed of it. And so I thought, I'll go to Mayo Clinic because then everybody will think, oh, he's got colitis problems. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, right. it's, let's feel bad for him. Or maybe he has cancer. You know, oh, pastor, he got cancer. <laughs> so I was there for a week and a half. And decided it was complete bullshit, and I didn't want anything to do with AA. I thought it was a cult. Interesting. I just didn't want to do anything that they were they were saying. And I remember getting um, sort of my exit papers or whatever they give for that at the time, and <clears throat> it said Daniel or Mr. Maurer has very little understanding of what addiction is, and uh, <laughs> likely will relapse. And wow. that's ex- that's exactly what happened. You know, I just tried to hide it. Even more. And of course, sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. But I married exactly the perfect person who comes from an addicted family wow. and was very codependent herself. Um, uh, went to Florida visiting my folks, uh, went on a, a friend's boat, went into his bathroom, opened up the medicine cabinet and said, oh, wow, look at that. Benzos. You look for that Zapam ending. There it is. And it was clonazepam, which I hadn't taken before, but I took one. And then I said, oh, that feels good. And I took two. And then I blacked out for an entire week. Wow. Because I guess I ended up taking, take, more. taking a handful of pills and just <laughs> sort of having the whole thing. And when I sort of woke up out of this, my wife said said to me, and this was about six years ago, she said, I want you to go to treatment. And yeah. by that point, it just had become so such an inconvenience using and I mean it was just so it was so much work right uh, constantly trying to hide it and all the physical problems I wanted to get sober so the second time I went I went to uh in in Williston North Dakota which is the oil boom maybe you've heard of that whole area the western North Dakota and uh finished their four-week uh program that they have and even sort of enjoyed meetings and tried to like it and but I didn't get a sponsor, and I didn't so-called quote-unquote work the steps. And to this day, I really don't even know what the hell that is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I, you, you don't know what what working, working the, steps the steps is, or well, yes, I do. But it, it, everybody has a different really definition of that. Oh, yeah. what, what 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 does this mean? Uh, um, a daily, uh, you know, working through steps ten, eleven, and twelve. I, I kind of get that, and mm-hmm. I. When I was at Hazelden, the, you know, the third time I went to treatment, and after all this happened, I got arrested. I went through what they said I had to go through. But at this point, I can't really say, have you worked each one? I mean, six and seven, I still, I, I really don't understand the purpose of them. I, 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 you know, okay, I wrote a book on this stuff. You, know. you wrote a book on it. It's <laughs> yeah. in the book. Yeah, it's in the book, you know, but I always thought, you know, What's what's Bill's problem? He's got ten fingers. Why couldn't he have reduced it to be ten? It's so much easier. <laughs> Shape some of the you fat. You know, well, and the the thing is, is that the the steps are really in pairs, and it all has to do. Uh, we we came to an understanding, and then we made a decision. Right. We came to an understanding, we made a decision, and that's a very evangelical way of of, of viewing the world. Um, hmm. I don't totally agree with it, but I understand it. Um, so what I found at that point, now I've got to focus here a little bit, otherwise sure. you're going to go all over the map. Um, uh, after my second treatment, I did not get sober and, uh, I relapsed after two months and I just hit it harder, even more. And at that point in Williston, all the doctors knew me and they weren't 
really willing to give me painkillers. So I went to then benzodiazepines, which were sort of the next thing. It was like, well, at least I can take benzos. They're triggering the same receptors it's, as, as alcohol, but it's in pill form. So I won't get pancreatitis and it won't affect my colitis so much. Well, you know, the unfortunate thing is when you abuse benzos, um, they just have a nasty habit of, of, of causing anterograde amnesia, blackouts. Hmm. And, um, yeah, it just happened all the time. And I, all sorts of foolish things I do. And then I would run out of booze. I'd want more booze with it because I wouldn't have any pills. Taking runs to Walmart, buying cooking sherry. I mean, wow. all the chaos and the yeah. really, really insane behavior that – now looking back on this, you say, well, you know, how did you make? My that? God, why did I do this? Right. But um, but and we all know, <laughs> we all yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, I, I did it because I, I, I didn't really know any other way. Right. And, and most of that for me had to do with filling some sort of hole in me. I mean, I know that's sure. cl- cliche to say that, but I mean, it really makes sense a lot yeah. in my life. Is, yeah. I wanted to be in a place where I was comfortable with, with myself. Mm-hmm. Well, the day that I that um, I was arrested, I called up our bishop within the ELCA. That's the function they have. They're, the ELCA Lutherans are, are progressive Lutherans, and we're sort of like Catholic light, though, because we still have a hierarchy and all that stuff. <laughs> so I called up my bishop, and I said, you know, I've been arrested for felony trespass. And he's like, damn, this is serious. I said, yep, and uh, hung up. I remember looking at my cell phone and thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Next call I made, I called him straight back and I said, I want to resign. Because I knew what was coming. I mean, they're going to kick me out. Right. And, and, but th- there's something freeing with that. I was like, okay, you're done. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't believe that <laughs> then at that time. That was quite a bit of stress. But as I look back on it now, um, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I'm a much happier person now. And at least I've found uh, the center of my spirituality of what it, what it means for me. So, so you were a man of God, and what what is your relationship with God right, right. now? Yeah, um, that's a big question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Question. I mean, how do you, how do you want to focus in a little bit more on that? What's my relationship? Yeah, well, it's just you. It, it, if there was something about, was there something about God in the church that made you not want to be a pastor? And is there something different about it now, or different? Yeah, you know, a little bit. And I don't want to go too much this direction because we can go off and uh, talk about spirituality. And I don't really have a ton of interest in that. Um, yeah. I, I have. I believe that for me, spirituality is followed within life. This is where we find um, mm-hmm. our spirituality on earth is that it's a very real thing. Um, uh, I believe in an incarnational God, meaning that, uh, you know, here in this place, we either make heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. And the choices that we make do make a difference, but that doesn't somehow save or damn us. I don't think that salvation really works that way. Interesting. But, yeah. Um, but well, uh, so anyway, but this is, I'm finishing my story. Sure. <laughs> and so, so I got to Hazelden. Uh, I was there for 30 days, went to the program. And then, you know, after 30 days, you feel pretty good at that point. But I was still very frightened about what was going to happen uh, with me legally, talking to my lawyer. and Yeah. He said, do whatever they say. <laughs> okay, I'll do whatever they say. <laughs> and they said, we want you to stay for 60 more days, which is, wow. is the three-month program that they have is at the unit, uh, the Jelinek unit at, in Center City, Minnesota. And I said, fine. And well, and how long does that take? take? And they said, well, it takes 60 days, but 
don't try to put a time on it. Just take a day yeah. at a time, and you know, just 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 work through that day and and make it to the next. And um, yeah, something eventually clicked, and most of it was. I, I got to be honest with you guys. A lot of it was just because of sheer desperation. I was sure. I was terrified of going to jail. Mm-hmm. I had a family um, mm-hmm. still. My wife said, uh, and one of the things that was a big weight off me is she said, "I'm not going to divorce you." Yeah. But you got to get sober, and it's interesting the way that she said that. I'm not going to divorce you, but you got to get sober. I mean, yeah. there, uh, it, there's almost an implied condition that's yes, exactly. There, well, it but, is. but it's not. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there really right. is, but but it's, it wasn't spoken that way. I I took it very much as a graceful thing. It is. And I love my wife, and I love my family, and that, that's the whole ironic thing is I, doing all the stuff that I did over this you know ten year period of drinking and using drugs and hiding and all the shit, there's also a good that was there mm-hmm. from time to time. And um, well, one thing I really try to resist, I guess this is why at least uh, I'm hesitant to talk about spirituality over a podcast, is sure. that it, it, it is such a complex right. thing. Uh, and so, and there's so many different gray areas. It's not black or white. And I know you guys understand that because I've heard your podcast. But um, anyway, so I, I the third month that I was there... Uh, I got two gifts for a book. One one of the gifts I got was Man's Search for Meaning that I actually bought for myself uh, by Viktor Frankl. And awesome book. And I don't know why logotherapy today hasn't taken off anymore. You guys know that? The, the whole logotherapy of the story? Yeah. Victor, yeah, see, this is just amazing. I mean, it's just, people don't know this. It's a wonderful little treatise. It's a dinky little thing. It's like 100 pages. <laughs> people have to yeah. read it. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, the titles come up repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and it's it's a fun read. Actually, I mean, well, it's fun as reading about Holocaust victims can be, but um, <laughs> it's it's an, it's enjoyable in that you're, it's got a lot of gee whiz moments. Like, yeah. oh, wow, he was really saying this. So, Victor Frankl was a um, a Jewish um, psychiatrist, sure. psychologist, and went to a uh, internment camp, Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. It's in in my book too. A sobriety graphic novel. I mm-hmm. depict, depict some of this. I, so I know we're, we were on the moon, then we go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, like I love this was, novel, man. We're all over a, the place. That was that was so that was a blast to write it. it was I really bet. Fun. Yeah, it was really fun. So you get transported back in time, uh, and you see Victor Frankl there. And one of the things that he discovers while he's in the camp is he says, "All right, I'm going to find purpose and meaning to my life." no matter how insignificant others may feel that it is every single day. And the thing that he found is that people who had purpose and meaning, regardless how small, mm. had a better chance of survival. And um, after the war, he formulated this into a therapy that he called logotherapy. And logos comes from the logo, uh, Greek logos, or uh, word, right. purpose, meaning. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a therapy that exists today, but it's not really accepted within mainstream psychiatry, and I, I, I don't know why. Uh, because it's powerful stuff, because at least me finding my purpose and meaning as a writer who is gifted, who can make these works, like sobriety, graphic novel, and my second book, Far Away, um, that, that's been great. So it, it isn't just the program, it's finding purpose and meaning in life. Absolutely. And, yeah. and this is my purpose and meaning. So that was one book that I got. The other book that I got was uh logic comics and mm-hmm. it, 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 i can't the name of the authors they're, they're both greek and, and they're also artists 
I can't remember their 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 names, but the the title of the book is Logic Comics. Yeah. And get this, it's Bertrand Russell's attempt to prove the foundations of mathematics. Wow. Yeah, isn't that? I can I can hear crickets. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't sound exciting at all. But the amazing thing, it's written in a graphic novel format, comics. Yeah. Uh, they use, and it the story just comes alive on the page, and they're good storytellers too. And what they do is they talk about Russell's um, beginning life and they insert themselves into the story too, the two uh, writers and, mm-hmm. and the artists. Yeah. And they have a layer, a meta layer, where they can talk about what's happening in the story. And actually, yeah. I've imitated that that yeah. same mm-hmm. style within uh, sobriety graphic novels. Sure. Great. And so my dad gave me this book and I was like, oh, God, this is awesome. And, it, you know, you're in, you're in treatment. You're already in the pink cloud already. And. And you're reading this stuff, and you're like, oh, I'm finding out about all this neat stuff. And then right. I, I remember, remember coming to my counselor the day after I finished the book, and I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a book for Hazel. And he's like, yeah, yeah. you just concentrate on getting sober. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's calm, Easy there, calm, cowboy. Yeah, calm, calm down there, partner. Yeah. And But the, the idea stuck with me because I, I said, wouldn't this be great if we could have something like this, Yeah. Uh, a book using comic arts? Mm-hmm. Yeah to illustrate what the 12 steps are about mm-hmm. and really show people through the stories of, of real people's lives, even though they're fictional. I mean, they're, they're very real stories mm-hmm. of the different characters that I have there. It was very important also that I had a quote unquote, an old timer that people could identify with. That's the character right. of Larry. Yeah, Larry. And, actually, and his story takes up the majority mm-hmm. of the beginning of, of the book. And that's very intentional. I had to fight with the editors. Well, not that much, but to, I had to get that in there. Sure. Be, because youth and young adults, um, as they get out into the rooms, if they choose to be out in the rooms, um, they're going to encounter people yeah. like Larry. And right. what I wanted to show is that the human condition uh, regardless of what period you're born in is the same mm-hmm. and people are going to act the same way mm-hmm. within addiction and within recovery. That's, so that's, is, how, that's how it came to be. Wow. That's, that's a fascinating origin story. It's really, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, the, 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 the sequence of events, I mean, it was a long sequence to ultimately get there, but um, yeah, just this, the logic comics I was familiar with a little bit, Man search for meaning. I'm familiar with a little bit, but once I know that and see how that played mm-hmm. a part in in uh, this uh, sobriety's um, the, the graphic novels, Genesis. It's uh, I'm gonna have to look at it with fresh eyes. Um, you, you know, it's what's I I did have to. It took some while convincing Hastings Publishing to look into the book. It took mm-hmm. three different pitches that I had. The first pitch I had, it was six months out. I was six months sober. Yeah. I was living in St. Paul, Minnesota in a sober living environment, mm. working my program, whatever that means, <laughs> going to meetings, have yeah. a sponsor, actively praying, meditating, um, seeking out and working with others. And at that point, I was really working on making amends with uh, my family and mm-hmm. a lot of the people who I had harmed in the illegal things that I did. And... Uh, so I came to Hazelden with this great idea, and at that point we really didn't have a whole lot. And they, they said, "Well, that's interesting. We've been willing, to, you know, to look at this, and uh, but you know, you don't have anything yet, and you're six months sober." So <clears throat> I said, "It's okay. This is a great idea. We got to keep doing this." So I joined up with the artist Spencer Amundsen, who was mm-hmm. a, a student at the time at MCAT. He's now a graduate, mm-hmm. uh, Minneapolis College of Art and Design, 
And we put together 10 pages and we brought it to the acquisitions editor. And he said, this is awesome. We, yeah. And like I mentioned, we've wanted to do this for a long time. This is great. You've got a very good artist. Um, it seems like you're a gifted storyteller. Um, you have some experience with that. Um, let's see what we can do. So they, at that point, I really thought it was going to fly, but I got an answer back, and they said that they ran the numbers, and they, they said, yeah, it's just we can't get our consumer sales up enough, and that's really not going to work. And the bean counters got it, and the bean counters <laughs> said, this isn't going to work. You know? yeah, yeah. So I, I said, well, what are we going to do? Produce more. So right. we just we just kept making more. And I think we made 10 or 15 more pages after that, Spencer and I did. And we took it and said, you know, we, Come on. How, can we, how, you know how can we make this work? And we sit down and we crunched the numbers again. And he looked at it. And I think he was pretty, he was pretty impressed that I, mm-hmm. I, I had the grit to continue to come in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they, they, they went for it after that. And that's how it was born. But I will say, um, you know, still a lot of people, they don't know about it. Um, and that, and, uh, you know, Dan, my sense of it is though, I mean, this, it's something, I mean, how long has it been out now? Uh, six months, six months. Yeah. I mean, this is when I, when I look at it, 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 it's, it feels like something that, I mean, it feels like it's going to be around forever. It's going to have a long, long tail. It's going to be, I agree. I mean, not to you know blow smoke up your ass. This is just how I feel. Like it has to ultimately be sort of a, a foundational piece for a new generation. Yeah, um, you know, it's it funny. Really I does. read it that way, and I thought, and I thought when I was reading it because it has an explanation of the history mm-hmm. of AA in there, and it's got this. It's around a meeting, and it's got these characters in it. And we jump all over the place. It has you guys mm-hmm. in this fun way in all of these different spots. Um, which just makes it move along quickly. But honestly, it's funny that you say about six and seven. Uh, <clears throat> I thought the the take on six and seven. I'm I'm reading this thinking, wow, that's the best explanation of six and seven I've ever read. So no, I, I, I remember I mean because we had a production schedule when writing this. And yeah, I, we came up to six and seven. I said, oh God, what am I going to say? And I'm, <laughs> I've got like piles of books all around me on my desk. That's and hilarious. I've got, I've got the twelve by twelve, and I've got. Yeah. Um, I'm looking on the internet. I'm going all over. And I, and I put it together, and Sid, my editor, helped me refine that. And yeah, it 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 worked out. It was okay. Yeah, but I agree. I agree. It's like. It's it's a great piece to hand someone who who doesn't want to crack a big book, and you still walk out, read this thing, and totally get right. Like, right. And that's I think that's amazing. In, in my in my mind, and again, it's going to sound like just sycophants sort of bow, <laughs> bowing at your feet, but it, like walking into a if somebody handed me this or yeah. treatment, forget AA even, yeah. just if if I was ready, you know, or thought I might be ready, and I was handed this, mm-hmm. it, it's such a a comfortable yeah. transitional piece too to 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 feel um at ease with this decision that you know it's a monumental position or in a very fragile and delicate position as we all know to be in mm-hmm. and uh you know this um i, I just think it's it's what well, i appreciate i really appreciate you saying that and i don't mind that you blow smoke up in my ass but i have to ask <laughs> it's, it's just as long as it's not psychoactive smoke right that's, exactly. that's just, <laughs> yeah that's funny um so yeah uh and it is interesting that uh, just to, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit because you told a lot of story in the first um, 15 minutes here and and to get to to how the book came about there there are elements of the story that are pretty interesting I want to just sort of clarify as a pastor a minister and forgive me if I I don't know the terminology or how to apply it no, that's um, okay. 
you had realized, sounds like relatively quickly into that, uh, is it a career? Uh, uh, that calling that, that you were unhappy doing that. But was there some, it sounds like there was something beyond that, though, that contributed to your, um, you know, you know, d- d- delving more deeply into your active addictions with your, your free time, your idle time. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, well, I mean, I can answer it now, if, at least from the retrospective, me here now looking back into right. it. Um, um, I guess it's the experience that you have um, of the feeling that you get in a trance-like experience. Um, that's really what, what, what I sought to have. And my mind, I think is geared two ways. I'm either driven for, uh, extreme sensory, uh, overload. I really, I mean, I want to get as much experience, much as I can with my senses as, as possible. And at the same time, I want, I want to have just a, a sort of a sense of calm mm-hmm. and uh, a focus and really the flow that I get now when I'm listening to music and yeah. I'm writing a piece. Right. Um, there's a few passages in this happened in Sprite, but I really remember this happening a lot with my second book, Far mm-hmm. Away, which I co-authored, right. uh, which is another story. But um, I, I should at least give some people some context what, what's, going, what's going on with that. As a, the book, the entire title is Far Away, A Suburban Boy's Story is a Victim of Sex Trafficking. Right. And my friend uh, had shared, shared with me his experience that this happened to him in St. Louis in 1975. And uh, so what we did is we took his journals and we converted them to narrative prose. And uh, but, but to do that, I mean, he would t- tell me the things that had happened to him, but I would have to add a description to that. There was one, one place I remember writing I was listening to the Rolling Stones mm-hmm. and I was writing the experience of what it w- would be like to ride uh, in a van with a guy who's pimping you out. But mm. and you're simultaneously excited about life, about seeing your friends again, but you're scared also because this is really edging into something that you're not real sure about. Right. Mm. And the smells of St. Louis, of, uh, you know, the brewery. Sure. Um, looking at the arch, the heat of the summer, the oppressive heat of St. Louis in the summer, which I know about. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just, I, re, I remember almost being sort of in ecstasy writing um, those mm-hmm. lines. And, you know, in a way, I mean, I guess you can kind of take that back and say, well, you know, aren't you kind of worshiping that, that, that whole um, um, out of body experience. But, you know, the thing is, is, um, there are other ways that you can achieve that without drugs and alcohol. And, and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm being, I'm bearing my soul here. That's, that's what I wanted to achieve uh, when I would drink and use drugs. I wanted to be in myself, but out of myself to experience ecstasy. That's Well, and I think, well, beyond just the the sort of, I guess that would be in a sense, the the hedonistic chasing of that experience of ecstasy. What, what, what else beyond your, dissatisfaction if I can and if, if it's if you'd rather not but beyond your dissatisfaction with your profession I mean was there a depression going on yeah I think well there's a depression going on it is more I uh, used uh, you know you, I mean yeah. you, okay. your brain's receptors can't okay. continually sustain uh, a barrage of, of chemicals that go inside of it I mean and here's here's what I'm here's what I'm really curious and it's it's not at all like I'm, I'm not trying to be gotcha at all but I you know I'm an 
apatheist or an apatheist, or I'm not even sure exactly sure how to pronounce what I am, but I just don't give it much thought. Um, suffice it to say. And what I find interesting is that so much of um, certainly AAs and, and the steps are based on turning things over to a higher power at the point you would, you were in it sounds like the worst of your active addictions, you were, I mean, essentially the mouthpiece for a higher power. Yes. And to me, it's just, it's an interesting dichotomy or dilemma or, um, and it sort of blows my mind a little bit. I'm just wondering, I'm not hypocrisy. I'm not, I'm not even calling it hypocrisy because we're complex creatures. I, I, I'm just wondering um, I don't know. It's it just fascinating to me. I, I feel like there was like, I don't know. Um, you know, it's a difficult thing to articulate too. I mean, how, 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 especially when somebody's actively in addiction, uh, but you have a different part of your life that says, mm-hmm. "I love my family. I care right. about my friends. I'm a good person." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, all those things really. When I sat in the basement withdrawing off of Alprazolam, Xanax, um, and alcohol, and was vomiting blood right. in a, a, a little prison cell, I just looked at my experience and I said, "How did I get to this place? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not one of the good guys. I'm a hmm. bad guy." Yeah. Um, and how how did this how did this happen? Well, I mean. Uh, certainly, you know, the churchy folks, the, <laughs> they could say, well, you gave yourself over to Satan and you all these things and the little horned devil came and poked you in the ass. And well, <laughs> you know, obviously they wouldn't say that, but I mean, right. theologically, they would say that, that I gave myself over to another God. And perhaps that's true. I mean, at least um, hmm. metaphorically speaking, I hmm. think that there, there's, there's something to that. Hmm. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I just think that... I don't know. Simply, I went into a wrong direction. Hmm. Yeah, but my motives—I hate to say it—were something that was pure. I, 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 you hate that to is. see it. You hate to see it in that way. But every addict and alcoholic, when they start their career, they found something that's amazing. Sure, they, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like magic. I mean, that's the great thing about drugs is that you put it in, and oh wow, yeah, right. this is great. You know, here I am. Well, that experience that you're, that you're having there, that not only the hedonistic pleasure, but the connection that at least you feel that you're having right. with others, I think there's something greater beyond that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would be called, I don't know, uh, at least in theological cir- circles, the, the, the search for the numinous, the hmm. search mm-hmm. for a connection uh, with the rest of existence mm-hmm. and maybe that's too existential, but uh, I, I think there is something to that. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, I think you just have an, an interesting, you're in a unique position to sort of comment on this very specific aspect of right. recovery. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate you, you know, going there. Um, you know, it's funny. A lot of spiritual seekers have tried drugs because they're so easy to get present right right? and then ultimately they all tell you they don't work in the end in the end of the day at the end of it all Mm -hmm. they don't quite work but man it's it's a good run for a while right Mm -hmm. well yeah i don't know maybe timothy leary he might disagree with (laughs) yeah (laughs) he might um yeah uh, what what, but there there, there's something 
Yeah, but you, I, you must have been on this search, right, from a very young age. I'm curious, did you drink and drug growing up? Or was this literally you just started with this these painkillers and that was it? No, uh, I did drink. Uh, and I kind of drank, well, no, kind of. I, I drank alcoholically from the get-go. I went okay. to Germany. I lived there for a year and a half in high school. I was an exchange student in Freiburg, which mm. is southwest Germany. Uh-huh. And it was it, they had a... Um, it was a connection that my, my dad had through business. Um, and we arranged a private exchange that his daughter would come and live with us for a year and that I would come live there for a year and it ended up being a lot longer than that. Um, uh, but as I went to Germany, I was like, yeah, this is great. I, I, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I, at the time I was 17 years old. Right. Yeah. And I walked into the grocery store and I'd buy, yeah. you know, champagne or beer at first but then after that it was harder liquor and i would just use it occasionally but it would always get to be at a certain point so at that point i i I wasn't this wasn't social drinking this was i want to get myself to this state and alcohol um at first affects the dopamine receptors Mm -hmm. so it gives you sort of that 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 rush and that happiness and that that's really what what people when they're long-term drinkers that they, that they keep seeking after is that, is that initial rush. And then all the rest of the junk that comes with it is because it gets into your liver and it makes different chemicals that are, are icky in your body. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it doesn't work the same way that it did when it, when you first started. But that was my experience first with drinking. And to be honest, that's how I always drank. Um, even when I would drink socially, I would try to just sneak more than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's how it was. So I did I did use alcohol as a drug. And, you know, in the rooms, uh, I say I'm an alcoholic, you know. Right, yeah. But, but um, outside the rooms, I say I'm a person of long-term recovery. What that means for me is it's been four years and two years that I've lived without alcohol or other drugs. Hmm. Okay. You know, and I, I that's... I, I think that's much more helpful, uh, especially to a public that doesn't completely understand what addiction is um, right. to, and what recovery is, what that really means. And I mean, I mean, if I'm totally honest, I do use drugs. I drink coffee, right. nicotine, you know, right. yeah. and I still vape nicotine. Um, oh, I quit smoking. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, some drugs are different than others, you know. Do I, I have allergies, so I take Benadryl every right. night. To be honest, if I didn't have Benadryl one night, I would just kind of grow paranoid. I'd be like, am I going to be able to get to sleep? Right. <laughs> you know, because i got to have something. So, yeah. yeah, when I'm talking about alcohol and drugs, I'm talking about Xanax and, and fentanyl sure. and, 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 and alcohol and they're a different level of drugs. Right, schedule the scheduled drugs, yeah. right? Um yeah, and I think I think you know that's sometimes a, a point that does get lost in translation, and other times it gets sort of uh, I don't know, it gets uh, argued more aggressively than it deserves. I think certainly with um, you know antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds, there's factions that think that's not the way to go, and um, you know I think my position on that's pretty been well mm-hmm. discussed. Um, and, you know, even when you were talking about, I just want to go back to when you're talking about writing and listening to the Rolling Stones and this this almost ecstasy-like sensation you were yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah, flow. I mean, 
every single thing we think, feel, say, do is the result of a chemical reaction in our brains, right? So it all comes back to chemicals. Um, And, uh, you know, for a, a blog that I had, three blogs ago um, when I was, uh, you know, I, th- I think I was, I was still, I was actually a stay-at-home dad and uh, I was sliding into a depression and I, w- I wrote this this piece, and maybe I'll try to dig it up, about um, the, you know, the dopamine release I got from certain pieces of music and how I chased that. Yeah. Um, you know, having removed all, you know, uh, having ceased putting anything into me, mm-hmm. actually tangibly into me, you know, you, I go after it other ways sometimes. And, you know, I've explained before that, you know, reading a good book or listening to a great piece of music or watching a movie or even like to your point, doing what you do, writing for me, it's, it's often I do graphic design and sometimes I can design something solely for, um, that that little trickle of dopamine I get from just looking at something cool I'm designing. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. My yeah. co-author for the second book, yeah, he he's a marathon runner, yeah. and wow. he says I got to run. I mean, I I got to have that runner's yeah. high mm-hmm. for the day in order to to, to feel right. So right. I'm there, and I mean, it's a it's a good point that you're raising up is that we are chemical pieces of meat with <laughs> right. how, how many liters of water in us right. uh, walking around chemicals and uh, electricity yeah. yeah and i think this is this is a point that and me we don't often like to discuss uh, but i think uh, 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 people of uh, intellectual piety so to say i think i think it's important that we we do discuss this to realize that this is a very very complex equation mm-hmm. the human being and it's different for people you know um, I, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like that, that stuff. I speed way too much and I'm, I'm trying to control that, but it's idiotic because and right. then I come home and I'll, I'll, I'll close my night, my eyes before I go to sleep at night. And I said, Oh my God, I was driving 83 on there, you know, and that's not even that fast, but I mean, that's a lot better than it used to be. I mean, I used to drive 110, you know, but, but yes, you know, all these things I'm announcing over the internet, everybody will know. Oh, right. And that's the other freeing thing that we get, though. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hide anymore about really anything. Right. Um, uh, I'm generally a high discloser now, right. and that's been incredibly freeing mm-hmm. because to announce that um, this is who I am, and I announce it to you know every well, I mean that like strangers in the elevator, but I mean, <laughs> it, but anybody that's connected with me, I say, exactly. You know, I'm, in, I'm in recovery, and this is sure. this is what this means for me, and. Because I want people to know. Right. And, uh, you know, I, people ask me, well, can't you just have a, well, why don't you just drink beer? Well, I hmm. said, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm allergic, I break out in handcuffs. I, I just, I can't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I have some questions about the book. I want to ask some, some okay. questions Okay, let's that. go back to the book. Yeah, let's do here we go. So let's the, obsess about the book. The actual, the pe- author. I'm sure none of these... <laughs> These people are are all composites, right? Did you get them all in Hazelton? Because I think the characters are funny. You got a guy from East London. You got a guy from San Diego. They're like the Barrio. Where'd you get all these stories? Just sort of heard them and put them all together? I pulled them out of my ass. That's awesome. You know, we, we needed to have a diverse demographic mm-hmm. in the book itself. So we said, and Did okay. you work with them? Because I wonder, is is was someone at Hazleton saying, hey, we'd really like to get this in there? We'd really like to get this yeah, in there? Yeah, or did yeah, you just yeah. say, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had already produced 20 pages, so I knew I had Larry. Yeah. And I knew I was going to have 
I was going to have the kids with him too, you know, the, the young adults. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> and they were going to share their stories and, and, and they weren't going to all get along, but I didn't know, really know who they were until um, Hazelden gave me the thumbs up. And then after that, then we established who they were. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're composites of many different people that I know and also stuff that I just thought would kind of be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex from London is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. He's a blast. And um, I worked with a, an American expat living in London mm-hmm. and she had some connections with people that know the lingo there. So yeah. I called her up and I worked with her. And, yeah, I was wondering, uh, yeah, where you got the, the little Cockney accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. there, mate. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was very important. And also, he's a very affable guy. Uh, it's just really a likable character. And, I would say, with the exception of being gay, I'm most because uh, I'm, I'm straight. Um, I'm most like him. I did uh, not. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that he was gay coming, so that was like a good yeah. moment for me. I, mean, I would like, even rah. go. I would even go as far as to say with his whole faith question. Um, he has a deeper faith than than you realize. I think that he. He says he's an atheist, but uh-huh. he's willing to explore and he's really willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And um, I've I've found a group of guys that also respect that in the meeting that I go to here in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a blessing every single day that I, I am so thankful for that I have a group of guys that, I mean, they're, they're diverse, but we've got, uh, you know... Uh, couple agnostics and a couple Catholics. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm an ex-Lutheran pastor. And, you know, I mean, it almost sounds like a beginning of a joke. Okay. What happened? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. you know, when they walk into a bar. <laughs> so, um, so that's like, that's what, what, are they, what is it called? Your, your regular, is that a... Your, that's my, my home group. Your home group, that's what it's called. And uh, how, how big is that, just out of curiosity? Uh, it varies. You know, we get newcomers that come in and then go out. St. Paul, Minnesota, I don't know if you guys know this, but because of Hazelden and all the recovery centers that happen here, and also Minnesota has been very progressive with <clears throat> encouraging people to, um, especially to enter into uh, rehab, yeah. uh, sort of the land of 10,000 uh, rehab centers. Oh, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, with all the its sober houses that it has, the people that uh, attend re- in, in recovery hmm. and actually move to the city per capita. St. Paul, I guess, is the biggest in the United States. Wow. I've heard that quoted several times. The, from, the, the, uh, highest, the largest recovery per community? capita. The largest reco- recovery community per capita. I, I mean, you can't compare it to Los Angeles or, or New York or Chicago because we don't have the population. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in recovery here, and it's pretty cool. Um, so and here, here's the thing. So you go to a regular meeting once once a week. Yes. And and what strikes me, and I find it refreshing, and I, I, I like it. I'm not sure exactly why, but you've talked about a couple of things in terms of uh, AA and the steps where you're like, you know, six and seven, what do those even mean? And you said something like, yeah. uh, you said something like, I was working my program, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it's just interesting that you, you're not... You're not uh, remotely precious about it. Yeah, you're um, a thumper, you're and you're a you're almost. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it, what the word I'm looking yeah. for is, but what w- what is that? Is it your your? Um, 
My philosophy is, I mean, this is another AA cliche. If, I mean, there's got to be a book of AA cliches and it's about a mile thick. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I really do like this one. It's, and it's, it's what my first sponsor told me. He said, look, man, take the good and just re- leave the rest. Right. And that's, I mean, nobody knows what we're really doing here. I mean, Bill Wilson wasn't some god. And this isn't the Bible. Right. I mean, this is, these are, I mean, the Bible wasn't even the Bible. It isn't a god either. I mean, these are just, these are writings that people said, we said, this is existence. We're going to try to make sense of it by telling stories, uh, parables, have Mm -hmm. you, and and we're going to have some leaders that we, that we, that we, that we care about, we follow, and we're going to say really what matters. And that's all that AA is. And they found something that for many people works very well. And you know, I can't, I can't dispute that because for a lot of people it does work very well, and so I choose to be in that place. Now, I mean, come on, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we do in there that is just wacky. <laughs> I mean, it just is. Sure. But, you know, every, every group has it. For example, I mean, right. I don't know anyone who has ever said, even though we continually say this, is we open our meetings, what in order? I can't go through with it. Well, we know what it means, and it's 1930s uh, white yeah. male Protestant language. Yeah. But, you know, why don't they update that? Well, they don't update it because it's holy and we can't touch it. Yeah. And if somehow if we touch it and change it, we might ruin it. Yeah, we'll ruin and, it. We got to see uh, You know, that's, that, that, in my opinion, that, that is a fallacy. I, I, I think that life is change and life continually will be changed. So, so I, to this day, continue to stay open and I align, my, I align myself with people who care about sobriety and what that means and for me that means that I don't go to Walmart at 2 a.m. and pound cooking sherry because I can't get any other alcohol mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's kind of, I mean it's kind of a simple thing you right. know? Yeah. and it also means that you know if I go to a wedding or if I go to a restaurant or a bar I don't drink I, I choose I choose not to do that mm-hmm. because I know the place where it took me, and I know that the principles that I, I that I do uh, keep and hold within AA. Uh, that if I don't follow those, that I, I know I know where that's going to lead, and so I, I don't I, I don't go there. And you know, it's it hasn't been that big a deal to tell you the truth. It's it's mm-hmm. like oh okay, you know, I didn't drinking. I, I'm not triggered by it anyway. Um, to this day, I see a pill bottle off in the distance. You know, I walk into somebody else's home. Right. And they, they, some people, they keep in the kitchen. They keep their pill bottles right up on the counter. And immediately when I see that pill bottle, I, I, in my mind, I want to say, what is it? Wow. Right. And to this day, I say, what is it? Hmm. I want to know what it is. It's <laughs> for the dog. And it's a suppository. Oh, God. One, one time I tried, I took, I took some of the stuff that they gave the dog. It was... um. Oh, what was it? It's the thing they give the dog to relax him. It's not a benzodiazepine. It's a. Uh, it, uh, it's actually that it's related to Thorazine. That's uh, what it is. Yeah, I don't That's know. Kind of, or, yeah, yeah, something like that. And and that was that was really miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you took a dog sedative? Oh God, yes. <laughs> not that I'm judging, but no, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I I'd abuse anything. Yeah, you know. Um, but, that's funny. That's a, so I'm chase, chasing the whole state out there. I've got lots of crazy stories, but you know, I, I and I do share these when I speak. Um, some of the craziness that happens because people can relate. Sure. And the way that I do that um, is interesting, guys. Is I'll share my entire story without mentioning that I went to seminary. I was a pastor, 
And then I talk about when I, I, I finally got arrested for felony trespass. Mm-hmm. And I said, and all of this happened while I was a Lutheran pastor. That's amazing. And, yeah. And I was serving people and I was trying to live a good life and do this. And I don't say that to somehow shock right. anybody, but to have them realize that this affects all sorts of people. And it doesn't really matter if you have something, uh, you know, the REV stamped in front of your name, Reverend Daniel Maurer, right. or uh, something else, because we're human beings. Exactly. And, and I, it, it works. And the story is convincing. And uh, then I like to talk about all the good things that happen in Sprite. Sure. You know, uh, I'm a twice published, yeah. award winning, uh, but the Sprite Graphic Novel won two awards. It's great. Uh, Deservedly for, so. Yeah. yeah. yeah Best self help and wish I hate that term self help. Well, self, but, come but, on, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, we get it. And um, it was silver <laughs> for young adult nonfiction, yeah. which is oh, always kind cool. of makes me laugh a little bit because cool, it, it uses fictional characters, but that's okay. Um, that's so. it. That is interesting. Um, well, yeah, I think it's a topic more than anything. Right. But, but, um, but I, it's funny you talk about you know the age of the big book, and and that's one of the things that. Everybody who's new, when you read it the first mm-hmm. time, that's one of the first comments. It's just the language that they use from the 30s. Yeah. It's corny. Yeah. It's corny. It's the swell. It's like watching an old movie. Right. It's like, come on. But I think I love this piece. I love this piece. This the world needs change. You did write this exactly for that, right? Just because it. Yeah, and you know, I, that's one thing I'm very clear about. I didn't do this to supplant the big book. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think that. No. If you want to keep having the big book and you want to do your um, what in order, I can't go through with it. And, you know, I I, I generally don't like to attend meetings too much where we read books because it's like I can read, you know, I can do this by myself at home. (laughs) And I do do this by myself at home. Uh, But we we need to have new ways that we reach out and translate what that message is to a new generation. The human condition is always the same. How do we translate it? Yeah. I think you've again, you know, a phenomenal job. I do genuinely believe this, uh, you know, is going to have a long tail and a long life, and uh, be a, you know, part of uh, many many recoveries to come, many uh, you know turns to sobriety, and uh, you know, the one question before I forget. So <laughs> I'm coming coming back to AA just because, as the outsider, does lots of it fascinates me the, the unknown. Do you? sponsor and do you have a sponsor i have a sponsor uh and i call him once every week sometimes once every two or three weeks it depends on what's up in our lives Mm -hmm. um i've sponsored other people i think 15 uh one of them is dead wow and that's really active that's a lot for four years i think right yeah, it is. But, you know, um, part of it is, like I said, there's a lot of people coming and going yeah. in the community here. So there, we have a lot of sober houses. Mm. Yeah. And if you write down your name uh, at uh, St. Paul Intergroup, uh, you're going to get yeah, you're going to get calls. That's and so, great. Yeah. And I, I do like reaching out and talking to people. And um, currently I don't have one. I, I took my name off of that uh, list, but um, I raised my hand. At the three consistent meetings that I do go to. That's great. And you're, I mean, right now you're, aren't you, you're on a, often on book tour, right? Yes. Right now we're doing a three state book tour and that is primarily for the second book. For which, Far Away. Yeah. For, that confronts human trafficking from right. a, bo- a boy's perspective. And uh, my good friend and co-author, Kevin, that that's his story. So 
it's kind of nice because I get to go along and then he gets to do most of the talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but we also have some, uh, sobriety with, and, you know, interestingly, we were just at a, a human trafficking, um, anti-human trafficking conference just recently and sobriety almost sold as well as as far away because many of the people who are caught in uh, victims that are caught in that area in, in their life of substance use is, yeah. is ubiquitous. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm working on a third. What's that? Can you tell? A little teaser? Yeah, I can, I, I'll give you a little teaser. Resiliency. Okay. And, uh, is it have a funk? Is it a straight up book or is it a not, or what, what's the it's, format? It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a prose work and, um, uh, narrative. We're going to have different chapters of people's stories that went through very difficult traumatic experiences oh, in their lives. And I'm going to be looking at the different spiritual aspects, uh, virtues, if, if you will, of, uh, Psychological resiliency. Now, that's hmm. that's kind of been a hot topic awesome. in, in psychological circles. Mm-hmm. How do yeah. people snap back? Resiliency. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, and oh god, we got we got a collection of stories that are just they're very sad, but it's also very hopeful because what they found is that resiliency is not some secret sauce that you get or you mm-hmm. don't get. Every human being has the capacity sure. to be resilient, and that generally these things are found. Uh, deep within us. And it was actually a reformulation of a, a previous book that I wanted to do, but but uh, was rejected by another publisher. And that book, the title for it is Your Story Is Not Yet Finished. And, you know, my, my, my story, and certainly a lot of people in recovery, their stories um, could often be included with that because, mm-hmm. uh, believe me, you guys know too, I mean, getting sober is really hard, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's just, it's not, it's not very much fun. And, yeah. um, but it becomes worth it. And, um, you know, another a cliche, but it's, it's really right is you, 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 you don't dwell on it forever. How do they say it? You don't close the, you don't close the door, but you, you don't dwell on it. Oh. I'm trying to yeah, remember yeah. how it goes. We don't uh, close the door in the past. You open a window. Yes, we open the window to the future. <laughs> yes, because Chris is blowing smoke up my ass. <laughs> you got to blow it out. Um, uh, well, yeah, no, I think I think we got the meaning. Um, so let's see. Well, that's great. A little little teaser on that. Yeah. Um, we had talked about uh, giving a copy or two away. You still want to do that? Yeah. I was thinking maybe let's get. Uh, if people want to comment on SoundCloud or iTunes and uh, on this episode, and uh, we'll, I don't know, drop them in a hat and do a drawing. Yeah. Sounds we'll mix good. Mix them and up and pull them out of a coffee cup. To yeah, make it exactly. All meeting light. Perfect. Like a nice styrofoam coffee cup. I'll write the names down. I know how to do these raffles. And uh, <laughs> it'll be all above the board. How, how, many are, how many are we? Let's, you want to start with. Uh, one? Did you say? Did you say one or two? Oh, however many you want. I mean, yeah, two. Uh, I like two. Yeah, two. Perfect. Two. Can you do two? Yeah, two. It's re- it's a great three. Piece. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I um, yeah, I I, I well, you know, hope it um, I don't hope it will. It, it it'll 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 have its yeah. life, and I think it'll be a good one. So, Daniel, um, you're the man. You're great to talk it, to. It was so great. much energy. Yeah, this has so been much. enjoyable. It and was great to finally talk to you, and uh, you know, we'll have to um. Have you back. You know, have you back. When you get the third book going. Yeah. 
You bet, man. Or or, or before that. Yeah. Well, when's that? When's that coming? When's that? Uh, uh, nobody knows. Years, right? So you got to yeah. write it. Those are yeah. the things I can't. I, I gave you already probably too much of a teaser. Okay, well, it's, all right. It's, it's, a, all right. it's all good. Well, then it may be sooner. But uh, thanks for coming on tonight, for sure. Thanks for writing uh, sobriety. And, you know, if you have the opportunity to pass it on, you know, we uh, Spencer's work on it is phenomenal, yes. too. I was going to yes. give a I shout out to him. He was terrific. And, um, yeah, it's been great. All right, Chris. And... Jeff. Let's see. It's Jeff too, right? Right. Yeah. yeah Matt, okay. Matt couldn't make it. I didn't announce that at the beginning. Yeah. I, that, you did, it, oh. but you even told me earlier before too. So I just uh, scrolled across on my Apple screen and <laughs> I right. was looking at the name. And I had a little note that I gave myself. It's been a great talking to you guys, and right. I appreciate you w- for giving me the opportunity to, to share my story and the hope. Cool. All right, Thanks, man. Thanks, Daniel. All right, take it easy. See ya. Right, bye. All right, just a little bit of housekeeping. We still have the um, survey up. Go to uh, senserightnow.com backslash PDCST for the podcast page. It's down at the bottom. And we will be in Akron this weekend. If you're listening on Thursday the 11th, that's Friday the 12th, Saturday the 13th, yep. all day. And then we're leaving Sunday morning yep. um, for Founders Day. Yeah. And we're going to do a show from there. Yeah. And then... Uh, fun. Yeah, cool. Are we taking all the stuff? Taking all the stuff? Yeah, like these. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll stuff. be recording. I got we got some thoughts on on what we're going to be doing there. We'll we be right. recording audio, maybe a little bit of video, and uh, and we're going to party with the Cleveland Cavaliers when they win the NBA championship. Okay. All right. All right.